morning. This is BFC Live for Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. Coming up, our weekly conversation with Liz Tahura of BDSA. She'll be sharing deep insights into cannabis consumer behavior, something everyone should pay attention to. Uh, and one week from tomorrow, on August 27th, join us for our Cannabis Forward networking education event. It's co-produced with Diversity Talk. It's titled Social Equity in Practice, and it's made possible with the support of Shopify. You can sign up on our website at businessofcannabis.ca. As always, thank you to our partners, BDSA, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, and Torque and Mains, and we are protected by ALSIT. Now, Liz her of BDSA, the official insights partner of Business of Cannabis. Liz Tahura, nice to see you. Nice to see you, Jay. Well, if it's Wednesday, you and I are connecting because you are going to share, I think we're doing another fact or fiction, yes? We are, back by popular demand. Back by popular demand. <laughs> it's the summer of fact or fiction. Who are we fact, or what demo are we fact or fictioning today? We are going to talk about the younger consumer today. So millennials and those um, early Gen Zers who are of legal age. Okay, I like it. I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know what the right word is. I'm a student of, of millennials. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but I'm fascinated by a generation behind that is uh, changing the way we do lots of things. So should we get right to it? Let's do it. Okay. All right, let's talk about Gen Z and millennials. Love it. So, Jay, fact <laughs> or fiction? Younger consumers are more likely to consume cannabis. Ah, shit. I'm going to say yes, but I'm not 100% sure. Fact. You are correct. All right. Fact. I'm good at this game. You are very good at this game. I think you are at 100% so far. <laughs> or at least we've uh, edited it to be that way. <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty pronounced, pretty interesting to see when you're looking at millennials and um, those from Gen Z that are of legal age. Um, and again, of course, in Canada, that's 18, 19, or 21, depending on the province. Uh, when we do look at U.S. data here and there, that's um, all 21 plus. Uh, but almost 50% of consumers in those age groups are, uh, are cannabis consumers. Uh, so it's pretty significant, uh, and it, it's quite a, uh, quite a significant difference from the rest of the population. So whether it be boomers or Gen X or, um, or older consumers. Uh, also see a, a very similar number of acceptors. Uh, so that's the one, the one com consumer segment that does hold steady. And as a reminder, those are the, uh, the folks that are not currently consuming cannabis, but are interested um, and are open to consuming in the past. Um, about 50% of acceptors uh, who are Gen Zs or Millennials have consumed in the past. Um, so even though they have a little less time uh, to have a history or a past history with cannabis, uh, they do still look relatively similar to other age groups. Uh, the rejector uh, consumer segment, of course, uh, probably not surprisingly, is, is quite a bit smaller within the, uh, this younger demographic. Um, and these are all Canadian consumer numbers, by the way, Jay. Um, and interestingly enough, when we look at the U.S., uh, very similar breakdown. 
we're not seeing much of a difference here. So about 50% of, uh, of consumers within the millennial and, uh, and legal Gen Zers uh, age group are, are also cannabis consumers within the U.S. I knew I liked them. <laughs> we have a lot of things in common, Jay. Sometimes <laughs> we like it these days, but we sure do. <laughs> Uh, so how Gen Z and millennials are consuming, and, and this may not be surprising, um, they are much more likely than the other age groups to consume for social and recreational purposes. So almost nine in 10 state that, at least some of the time, uh, they are consuming for, for social purposes or for recreational purposes. Another 36% say quality of life is their primary reason for consuming. Uh, and so that's the, the segment that uh, sort of starts to bridge the gap between kind of health and wellness and, um, and social and recreational. Um, it's not true that they're only looking to get high or just looking to get stoned, um, but that is uh, certainly a motivating factor. And uh, they're, they're also looking to relax, unwind, and have a good time. Uh, so regardless of the form consumed, uh, relax and unwind and have fun come up as top two primary motivators for consuming uh, for the largest group of consumers. And that holds steady for both the U.S. and Canada, actually. Uh, when we're talking about what they prefer to consume, uh, similar to other age groups in that inhalables come out on top, about eight in 10 um, in Canada have said that they've consumed inhalables over the past six months. And over 60% say that's their preferred method of consuming. Uh, in Canada, it's a little different than the US, and I think this has to do with the newness of cannabis 2.0 products. Uh, but in Canada, this age group is slightly more likely to have consumed edibles uh, than some of the other age groups. When it comes to their favorite products, um, and this probably isn't surprising, uh, but joint that I rolled myself in gummies come up to the top between inhalables and edibles. Um, vape comes very closely after joint that I rolled myself. Mm. Uh, another thing that, that you hear about younger consumers is often that they are exclusively looking for the highest THC content for the lowest price. Uh, and that's not necessarily true. Uh, although price is a top factor or is the top factor uh, for product selection, um, that actually is not super surprising, and that is similar for nearly all consumer groups, uh, not just for cannabis, but frankly, for, for most other uh, packaged goods as well. Um, but what comes out ahead of high THC content by a significant amount is taste or flavor. Hmm. So taste or flavor, more important, uh, quality of the product there, and then the THC content. Um, although, <laughs> admittedly, high THC con content does come next, so those top three sort of selection criteria. Um, price, taste or flavor, and high THC. Uh, so I guess what I would say about that is they, they kind of want it all, right? They want to have all, <laughs> Don't we all? all product attributes. <laughs> um, it is important though not to put these younger consumers in, um, in a narrow box. Uh, they are less medically motivated than other age groups. And we talked about boomers, what was that, about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and certainly less medically motivated than, than those uh, other age groups, but nearly four in time do consume for or state that they consume for health and medical purposes. Uh, their focus is a little different than some of the other age groups where their focus for health and wellness tends to be more on managing anxiety and stress than managing pain. 
Um, sleep better, another top reason, uh, but again, a very, very common across age groups there to see sleep coming up as a top reason and benefit of consumption. Uh, within the younger consumer groups, you know, they're a little less, less likely to see marijuana or cannabis as medicine for themselves per, per, personally than, say, the boomers. Uh, but they do, from a very, very high percentage, uh, believe that marijuana or cannabis can relieve pain and that it has medical benefits. So for three quarters, uh, believe that it can re uh, reduce pain and close to the same amount, about 70%, that it has medical benefits. So just like all of our consumer segments, and this will be um, obviously our, re our recurring theme here, um, definitely important uh, to keep preconceived notions and, and to not stereotype this, uh, this age group. Uh, They're just yet another example of that multifaceted and multipurpose cannabis consumption. Um, need states and occasions driving their product and consumption choices and preferences, just like every other age group that we've spoken about. Uh, and why they're consuming cannabis and their relationship with cannabis. It seems to be, and you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, first of all, the, the younger generation, so younger than me, I'll say, or, or gen, uh, gen, uh, old Gen Zs and, and millennials, like there is this tidal wave of consumers coming, and they're already here, but will be something to think about a lot as time moves on because they will, they will really drive the market because they'll, the acceptance rate is so high, the use rate is so high, and uh, their preferences will be felt by everybody else, I think, um, as we move forward, no? Absolutely, it feels a little bit like the tip of the spear. Uh, you look at that 48% of, of Canadian consumers uh, who are already existing cannabis consumers um, and, and think about as more and more of Gen Z and you know, of course, presumably the generation after them uh, start to, to age into cannabis um, and age into a world where cannabis and alcohol are both legal at the same time um, and age more and more into a world where the history of stigma and the history of the illegal past or illicit past um, starts to fade further and further in the background. It'll be uh, just fascinating to watch how their behaviors are shaped uh, by that, by that different and um, you know, of course, um, much more open and, um, and, and expectant reality. Yeah. And this is all even in the context, certainly in the Canadian landscape, where everything's relatively new in terms of the legal part of it and the social aspect of it, like social consumption sites don't exist. So like this is all in the context of this being legal, but also not being publicly, like it's, it's only going to grow, I believe, among that generation of future ones. And so like many of the things we talked about. It's, yeah, um, absolutely. There's, there's an exciting future. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, it certainly points to, um, you know, there, there are so many factors that point to an exciting future for cannabis. And I think this is just yet another one yeah. uh, when we think about the long-term impacts. And, and also, I mean, it, it, it must come across in that, in that um, the stigma must be just far less, right? If 50% of the people of their cohort are, are using it another third or accept it, like it's just, it's just there. It's part of life. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And they're aging into a world where uh, where they don't know anything different than than being able to legally purchase uh, both cannabis and alcohol yeah. uh, products. I love it. <laughs> I knew I liked that generation. <laughs> yep, yep. They're they're good ones. Uh, I can sort of claim to be a millennial. I'm on the I'm an old millennial. Uh, but but certainly as we look at the 
the 20 somethings coming up and, um, and aging in um, for many reasons, it's exciting to see the changes that they're gonna bring, uh, cannabis just being one of them. Well, great. Liz, as always, this has been enlightening and I'm going to factor it into everything that I say over the next month and a half. I'm just going to repeat Liz to her and give her full credit. So thank you so much. And thanks to the team at BDSA. Absolutely. Thanks, Jay.